Hello and welcome to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. If you're ready to be independent in helping your family with acute and chronic conditions in a more natural way, if you're interested in learning how to use homeopathy at home, and if you enjoy positive, encouraging messages, then this is the podcast for you. Click subscribe, grab some coffee or tea, a pen, and a notebook, and get ready to learn how to use homeopathy at home in your family. The information in this podcast and its transcription is to be used for education only. The suggestions here should not replace the advice of your medical doctor, and you should never stop any prescription medications without the advice and direction of your doctor. I am not a physician. I am not prescribing, and I am not making healthcare decisions for you. It is your choice to use the information provided here and in any future communications with me regarding homeopathy and natural health care. So let me start today's episode with a baby step. And usually I talk about a baby step that will lead you into a more natural, healthy lifestyle. And today is that, but it's just slightly different. So we all need encouragement. And you know by now that my heart is to encourage people. Let me just say that sometimes you start this journey, you decide you're going to get your family healthy, and you learn all of these things, you make all of these changes, even if you're doing them slowly, and then what if your family is not on board or doesn't care enough to want to make a change? Making changes is hard for most people. And making a change usually means I have to give up something that I really love and do something different, which I may not love. So in episode two, I talked about making sure your heart is in it and that you're committed. So you did that. You wrote down your why. You made a few changes and your family totally rejected it and refused to eat the healthy bread or pasta instead of the brand that you've been buying for years. So now what do you do? Love. Love covers it all. Be the example. Lovingly and quietly do what you're asking them to do. Don't try to control them. Your role is to teach and to lead. Think about how Jesus taught and led his disciples. He used scriptures and stories, and he walked the walk. So my suggestion to you, if your family is not on board, is just to do the things in a quiet, humble, loving spirit and watch them slowly come over to the other side with you. I hope this has blessed you. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bree today, where we talk about the most frequently asked questions that we get in homeopathy. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome back to the Homeopathy at Home with Melissa podcast. This is Bree, and I'll be back with Melissa today. We have kind of a different style podcast for you guys today. Melissa will do a little intro on what homeopathy is and how it works, and I'm going to be asking her some frequently asked questions. So questions we often get from um, classes that we're teaching or other moms using homeopathy. These will range from brand new or people who've never used homeopathy before to maybe some deeper questions and give you guys some more info on how to learn more. So um, want to get started, Melissa? Yeah, let's do it. I'm so glad you're with me again today, Bree. And I just want to say I was so blessed by reading the reviews yesterday. I was just sharing with Bree before we got started that I just went to Apple Podcasts and read the reviews and I was blown away by um, how people are being blessed by this podcast, which obviously blesses me. I was I was touched deeply. So thank you so much for just taking time to rate and review this podcast. Um, it really blessed me yesterday. So starting out with what is homeopathy? And we talk about this in class and I encourage people to come up with their elevator speech so that if someone asks you that, you know what you're going to say. For those of you who truly don't know what homeopathy is. Homeopathy is a system of medicine that is fundamentally different from conventional medicine. Conventional medicine is also known as allopathic medicine or what you would get when you go to your medical doctor. Allopathic medicine tends to heavily focus on pharmaceuticals, which merely suppress symptoms and can cause side effects leading to further imbalance. So these medicines can cause long-term chronic conditions. Homeopathy stimulates the body's own healing mechanisms to correct the underlying imbalance that caused the symptoms in the first place. Allopathy is opposite and homeopathy employs like medicines based on the law of similars. So the law of similars asserts that any substance which can cause symptoms when given to a healthy person can help to heal those who are experiencing similar symptoms when given in a very minute amount. Since homeopathy has the prefix, the prefix home, it often leads people to believe that it's synonymous with home remedies, food supplements, vitamins, herbs, things like that. And in fact, homeopathy does not incorporate any of those modalities. So that's the very first thing that I want people to learn and know is that homeopathy is a separate system of medicine that stands all on its own. I think that's a really good thing to point out because I was one of those people um, five years ago when somebody approached me about homeopathy and I said, I know I'm familiar with homeopathy. And she was shocked, which now I understand why she was shocked. She was like, you are? And I thought, yeah, like I got essential oils. I know about all of these herbs and remedies that I can use at home to make myself better when mm -hmm. we're sick. And now I understand why she was surprised because that's my reaction. People don't usually recognize that homeopathy is not holistic medicine even. Right. Um, so that is really good to know. Something that helped me too to think about when when we talk about allopathic medicine versus homeopathy, Joette talks about um, the fire alarm. 
Yes, I love that. And so for any of you guys who haven't taken any of Joette's classes or been in any of our gateway classes, um, she talks about how allopathic medicines turn off the fire alarm, but the fire is still going on. So that's a short version of what she says. But it really helps me to understand what homeopathy does. Mm-hmm. It uproots the actual condition instead of just turning off the alarms and rooting it deeper and deeper into our bodies. Right. So the alarms are our symptoms. So the symptoms are telling us exactly what we need to do and what's happening in the body. So when we, yeah, just like she's, I love how she says that in one of the gateway classes and and we dig deeper into that in those classes. But yes, yeah, you just... The allopathic medicine just turns it off and then you think you're okay because you have no symptoms. Right, because you feel better. Yeah. So maybe we'll get into some of those. Let's start with question one and see if some of these other questions I have are answered. Question one, what are the remedies made from? So remedies can literally be made from anything, anything that you can touch, feel, see, Um, plants, animals, insects, minerals, organs, metals, disease products. I mean, the it's wide and it's anything. You can make a remedy from anything. Um, are there any side effects to the remedies? Absolutely not. So there are no side effects. Side effects are secondary, typically undesirable effects of a drug or a medical treatment. That's the definition of a side effect. Homeopathy only stimulates the body to do what it was made to do without the side effects. That is a big one for people who, in my life, who I recommend homeopathy to, to be able to tell them there are not side effects. Yeah. So that's um, a great question. Question three, will the remedies interact with any medications? Absolutely not. And that's what I love about um, my practice. I can help people, even if they're on lots of, or even just one medication that they can still be helped. They don't have to stop taking their medication. So homeopathy never interferes with allopathic medications, but sometimes allopathic medications can um, impact the action of the homeopathic medicines. I still would not allow that to stop me. I would still use homeopathy and just let it do as much as it can do because it can actually help you to get off of the medications. And would you recommend in that situation just weaning off of your current medication with your doctor? So continue to see your doctor, monitor that, and just maybe be intuitively weaning off of as you feel better? Yeah, that's right. So anytime you're prescribed a medication, you need to work with the prescriber to come off of it. And, um, so, you know, my story that I told in the, in the very first podcast was I was on Lexapro and I loved it. It made me feel better. But then I found homeopathy and started learning the truth of what Lexapro could do to me long-term and that it wasn't uprooting anything. And that when I came off of Lexapro, I was going to be back in the same situation. So I came, you know, I went and talked to my doctor and said, Hey, I want to, I want to use this homeopathic medicine and not the Lexapro anymore. And, um, you know, he said, well, you need to wean off of it. Okay. Um, what other types of health concerns can homeopathy help with? So homeopathy is great for any physical, mental, emotional, behavioral health concern. 
And of course, in emergency and trauma situations, medical care uh, may be required um, as homeopathy, of course, cannot perform surgery. However, homeopathy can greatly assist in first aid, emergency, and trauma scenarios. So you can shorten the severity of the condition. You can dose homeopathic medicines on the way to the hospital, you know, and then allow the doctors to take over with whatever needs to happen and then give remedies after to help the person heal faster. I think something maybe to share here too is there are things I think people assume they have to live with forever. So um, autoimmune diseases maybe, or even ADHD, um, depression and anxiety. A lot of times we're told these are hereditary or this is just something you have to live with forever. Even like high blood pressure. Yeah. Um, There's so many things people don't even think that there's another solution that maybe I can live free of this someday. Oh man. So just to encourage any of you who think whether it's a gut issue or some kind of mental health issue, um, it's not a miracle worker, but I do believe, and I've seen you, you've told me things that you've treated with it. Um, So just a question. So if you're questioning in your spirit at all, if this is something you have to live with or if there's another way, there is. And it's at least worth a shot, I feel Yes, like. yes, absolutely. Okay, so question five, in an acute condition, how do I know when to stay with the remedy and when to try a different one? That is such a great question that we get really often. And so we always use the four-dose rule in an acute condition where, you know, you have a cold, cough, flu, injury, pain, um, that's a new condition. So you want to keep good notes. You want to place a number on a scale of one to 10 on the condition. So on of severity. So let's say I say that my cough is a five on a scale of one to 10. So it's kind of medium. It's not terrible, but, but also worthy of treating. So I would take the chosen remedy four times and I, I meet the intensity of the condition with the frequency of dosing. So on a scale of one to 10, if you're up at a 10, you're going to dose very frequently. Which could be what? Yeah. Like every five minutes to an hour. Um, And then if it's down at a two to two or three or four, then maybe you would dose every three to six hours. So you decide. And does that matter? Does that change based on the um, the potency, like if you're using a 30 C versus a 200, or does that not matter? You just dose based on the intensity. So it can change. We generally dose 30s more often than 200s because the 200s go deeper. They're going to work deeper. So you know, after your fourth dose, then you reassess the situation and you you say, okay, what is my pain scale now? Okay, well now it's a four where before it was a five, that's just a tiny little little improvement, but it is an improvement. So that means you stick with that remedy and keep going. If there's zero change, you're still at a five or higher, then you need to move on, change remedies and do something different. Okay. So a few questions. Um, if we're dosing, maybe you have a really bad headache and you dose four times. So every 15 minutes for one hour, and you're thinking this is getting significantly better. 
two hours later, that headache comes back bad. And, but it did work. Mm-hmm. You can still dose again every 15 minutes or something for another hour, right? That's right. That's so you a might good go question. close together, spaced out close together again. But if it's working or if it did work, you can do that. That's right. So you always go back to the remedy that worked always. If it worked, then you got to stick with it. And so sometimes people think, but gosh, I'm giving this so often. Maybe there's something better. No, stick with it if it's working. That is good to know. And it is so hard. I don't know why it's so hard to do that. It's hard. Because you can do four doses in one hour or you could do four doses in 24 hours. And I am so impatient. I'll try it twice and be like, no, I'm not waiting 24 hours for this to get better. I'm just going to try another one. <laughs> yep. and, and it doesn't work. So mm-hmm. even if you're tempted, do the four-dose rule. There's a reason it's there. I so, think experience. Me too. I have to admit that. And I, I wasn't going to admit this to anybody, but here I am on a podcast. I'm going to do it. Last week, I had a headache and it was a bad one. And I didn't follow my own rule and it did not, I did not get relief. And I always get relief. And you've been doing this for 25 years? Yep. It's hard. So that is to encourage you that it is hard even for me. When you're in pain or you're sick, it's hard to think. So you need somebody to encourage you. Hey, stick with it. Stick with it. Find, find a good buddy. Find somebody that you can, you can text or I love Voxer and just say, I'm really struggling with this headache today. You know, what do you think? And let them, you know, encourage you to stick with it for four days. That's good. That is really good. And I think it can be really hard to also do the four doses when you have seen it work with one dose sometimes. Yes. Yep. So to me, I'm thinking if it's the right remedy, it should work the first time. But that does not always happen, especially with headaches or colds. Yep. Those are hard. So Mm. um, maybe one more thing that if I could throw in for this question, I have little kids who can't really rate one to 10 for me. Yeah. Um, so I take other notes, like if he's coughing, how often do I notice his cough? Um, because sometimes when, especially when you have more than one kid or you're busy, you don't recognize the improvement. I don't. So I take notes a little differently and think back on how often um, and things like that. So if you have little kids and you need to do that or pets, you might have to take a different kind of note than a scale of one to 10. So good. Observation is huge. We have to get good at observation. That's a good point. Okay. Question six, how do I know how often to give a remedy? So meeting the intensity of the condition with the frequency of the dosing is, um, really up to you. So how bad is it? Are you bleeding profusely? Then you're going to dose every five to 10 minutes on the way to the hospital. Are you vomiting every 30 minutes? You're going to dose every, you know, five to 15 minutes um, or after every episode. If you have a headache that's a level four and it's not stopping you from doing your thing, then maybe you would dose every three to six hours. Give it time to work. And this is safe for anybody in our family right? Infants to elderly people in any of these situations, you can use homeopathy. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Question seven. 
how do I choose a remedy when there is no protocol? That's a good question. That's a big one, right? And I'm super excited to, well, let me tell you a couple of things. If you've never taken one of my fearless classes, which is we use the um, Joette Calabrese's Gateway to Homeopathy 1 and Gateway to Homeopathy 2 curriculum, you'll learn a little bit of that in there. We touch on it and we practice a little bit. I do also have my proprietary um, mentorship program coming up and I'm working hard on it. So I don't have it ready yet, but we are really going to dig deep into that. We're going to really practice how to use a repertory and a Materia Medica. But if you already own a repertory and a Materia Medica, that's what you're going to do. If you don't have a protocol, you're going to open up your repertory, repertorize the symptoms. If you don't know how to do that, that's something that we can learn in depth in classes. Make a list of the top five to eight remedies that show up. Read each of those remedies in the Materia Medica and then make a decision and then stick with it for four doses. I have actually not repertorized often until I was really familiar with homeopathy. So maybe for some of you who this is brand new and those words even sound like gibberish to you. Um, My journey was I Googled a lot. And I would just do whatever I could find on Google and I'd pick one and I'd try it. And then um, I did the gateway classes and I started learning more. But what I would do is I would try to come up with, based on what I learned, what I think I should do. And then I would do those acute consults with you all the time. Mm -hmm. I would, And you learned. I would learn. And I kind of have you either reiterate what I had come up with or sometimes do something different. And I was asking you why or whatever. So. Those acute consults are very helpful if you actually want to learn yeah. how to do it yourself. Yeah. You just made me think of two things. So a lot of people are afraid to ask me why because they don't want to offend me. But you have to remember that's my goal is to teach you. And you can't learn if you don't if I don't know what you your questions are. So always ask me. And then the second thing is that. I'll I'll make sure to link my favorite repertory and materia medica in the show notes so that you can go and look at those and buy those if you want to. Okay. Question eight. How do I know when to stop taking a remedy? Oh, that's a good one too that we get a lot, right? So you always stop when you're very much better. We have to allow the body to finish the work. So the homeopathy is going in to stimulate the body. So let the body do its work. So not all the way better, very much better. That's right. But then also don't, don't get upset if you do get all the way better. Cause, cause a lot of times I'll take one dose and it's gone. That's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. But if you're taking a remedy three or four times every day, and then you get very much better. Just go ahead and stop and let let your body. And if it, if you get worse again, you can just start the remedy again. Right. Another time to, of course, like we just said, stop the remedy is when the condition is completely gone. Don't keep taking a remedy after you're better. And or if you've chosen the wrong remedy. So after that fourth dose, if there is zero change, then you're going to stop taking that remedy and take another remedy. Right. Because Taking the wrong remedy over and over and over again is never a good idea. Okay, question nine, our last question. 
what if I need more help? So I have lots of free resources on my website. If you just go to my website, go to the free resources tab, you'll find protocols there and guides there to help you. Of course, this podcast, you can go back and look at the previous podcasts and hopefully find something that would help you. I give suggestions in each of those for remedies. My blog is... Um, all of these podcasts are transcribed into my blog, but I also have other blogs that are not, I have not done podcasts on. Classes, classes are the best way to dig in deep. So we've got the fearless classes, which are on my learn tab on my website, and then the mentorship program that's coming up. And then Quizlet. So Quizlet is a free service and I charge a minimal fee to go and you can study the remedies, you can study the protocols. And even if you don't want to study them, you can buy the Quizlet classes just as a reference. Oh, I have a headache. Let me go and see what protocols Melissa has in her Quizlet class. Or you can pull the protocols out of Quizlet, put them in your notes, and then you'll just have Quizlet. What I have in Quizlet right now is basically my my 20 years of notes and experience. And it's just on a few conditions and I'm, I'm going to keep adding Quizlet classes, but it, you're getting a lot of information for a small fee. And this is stuff that we do not cover in the fearless and the fearless follow-up classes. I mean, That's we talk right. about some of it, but it's not yeah. based off of your notes. That's right. Yep. So it's all different. And um, if I could add a quick thing about the classes, I think we say the word classes sometimes, and that can be intimidating to mm. busy moms or busy people. And just to encourage you, we say classes and they are because you're learning things, but they are a couple hours once a week. You're not having to like study all week, do a ton of homework. Right. Um, the fearless class is only five weeks long. So five Tuesday nights or Thursday nights and fearless follow-up is only four weeks long. So it's not a lot and they're not expensive. So if you are at all interested in learning enough where you feel confident treating your family. It's doable, even if you're busy. And you can always join in later. I think that's something too. People think if we can't schedule out all of the nights that they hesitate to sign up, but you can always come back. And if you miss the second week, come back and join the second week in a future class. So I was super thankful that I finally bit the bullet and did it because it wasn't as big of a bullet as I thought. Right. First of all, it's not. Um, right. And it's really doable. Yeah. So, yeah. So just try to commit to four or five nights, um, you know, weeks really. And like you said, it's not a lot of work in between and just commit to it. And then you have all of this information. And just to speak to, you know, with this pod being a podcast and people will listen to it way later. Right now, our classes are on Tuesday and Thursday nights, but they change sometimes. Sometimes we do them in the morning. Sometimes we do them on different nights. And I try to change it up. Um, yes, I have to fit my schedule, but I try to help include people who need. A lot of people are asking me right now for a morning class again, because I've done that in the past. So that, so that might come up again. Okay. That is all the questions we have. I know that we have more questions that are frequently asked, but that would take two hours of time. So maybe we'll do another one of these later. If you have more questions and want to learn more, I would really encourage you to check out Melissa's blog. Um, her website is melissacrenshaw.com. All of this is in the show notes. On her blog is a transcript of these podcasts. So you can also go back and look at anything we said today. Um, 
But thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy your week. Yes. Thank you, Bree, for helping us work through these frequently asked questions. I'm going to start sharing this podcast every time somebody asks me these questions. (laughs) I know. Seriously. Awesome. Thanks, Bree. Have a great day.